out there to all people and accidental archaeologists. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is a guy who has beautiful hands, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Hey, Brandon. How did you know? These are my money makers, man. Like, I get paid to use these hands at work, so yeah. I take pride in my beautiful hands, is what I'm trying to say. They're gorgeous, and I've never complimented them before, but I've always thought that. <laughs> you know, I was... uh I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, Brandon's never complimented me on my hands. This is it I was know, a really big uh, roadblock in our friendship. I'm glad that we've gotten through it's, this. It's been like 20 plus years now. <laughs> and this is just coming up. Goosebumps brings out the best in everybody, I think. That's what's that's the moral of our life story. Yeah, it brings everybody closer together. Cortland, how have you and your hands been this past week? Oh, pretty good, Brandon. I just started a new job. Uh, it was just the 4th of July, so I got Monday off, which is fucking dope. Days off for work Ooh. are, let's just not be lying here, it's the best, okay? I know. And, I just uh, had the Queen's birthday off a few weeks ago. God, I feel like all you ever talk about is the Queen's birthday now that you're in Australia, Brandon. It, it comes up once a year. It's like six And this is like, what, year. the third time I've mentioned it? Let's see. You're always yeah, just yeah, casually yeah. like, oh, it's the Queen's birthday. <laughs> oh, she well, happy celebrates birthday it to the monthly. Queen. <laughs> no, like, happy birthday to the Queen uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, happy birthday to America is what we are talking about. Yeah, everybody's having birthdays around here. You get a birthday, and you get a birthday. Check under your seat, there's a birthday. <laughs> oh, man. I'm collecting goodies for the Patreon exclusive giveaway currently, Brandon, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to ship anything to you, so uh, you can't enter because you I'm not shipping bitch. to fucking Australia. <laughs> but I am so excited because guess what, Brandon? What I bought? We're back a dinosaur story on VHS. <laughs> oh shit! We're gonna be able to roll back the rock to the dawn of time. Wah, wah, wah. That is amazing. I know. Roll back the rock to the dawn of VHSs and put this in your VCR. <laughs> That's what the new song. I, okay. I really hope, like, congratulations to whoever wins. But For sure. if the person who wins has never seen this movie before, I hope they run right out, get a VCR. <laughs> you know what? Which they'll have to find somehow. I'm not going to spoil anything. There's a DVD in there currently as well. So they're going to, they might want to just double dip and get the VCR VHS uh, or v- VCR DVD right. combo pack. Okay, well, I recommend everybody in the in the running go out and get a DVD VCR combo, <laughs> right? Just in case. Yeah, preliminary uh, checkoff box. Buy that VCR DVD combo pack. I'm sure they still make them. I mean, <laughs> VHSs oh, yeah. are bound to come back again, just like record players, right? I mean, everybody needs a way to play. We're back, dinosaur story. Yes, right. So, yeah, basically that's my week, Brandon. How's your week been? Uh, boring. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. You know, that's how it goes. But, unfortunately, we have to stop talking about We're Back Dinosaur Story. Because we have to talk about Return of the Mummy. Yeah, right? Return of the Mummy, man. <laughs> Cortland, yeah. it sounds like you perhaps loved Return of the Mummy. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Like... I've only seen this episode like two and a half times now, and Brandon, not gonna lie, I'm not really sure if I know what the fuck's going on in this episode. (laughs) You know what the problem is. Um, it's very forgettable. They decided to 
adapt the sequel first. So you were just completely thrown off. You had no idea. You, you're you jumping but, in, the, in the middle of the story. You're like, who is this guy? I don't, you know, what's his backstory? But Brandon, they don't, like, make it apparent that it's a sequel because the kids no, are like, this is my first time in Egypt. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> I've never been in this place before. This is all new to me. And I'm like, are you sure? Because this is Return of the Mummy. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why they did this. I mean, the Return of the Mummy, the book, is the sequel to the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Right. And both stories involve the same character going to Egypt and encountering a mummy. So I don't know why they were like, "All right, fuck that one. We can't do that. <laughs> That's impossible. It's stupid." But- Let's do Return of the Mummy and call it Return of the Mummy still. So the my question for this, before we even begin, is, is mm-hmm. this the plot of Curse of the Mummy's Tomb or is this the plot of Return of the Mummy? Baby, this is Return of the Mummy all the way. So they just, like, cherry-picked what they wanted? I don't want it. Yeah, it would be like if Steven Spielberg was just like, all right, we're adapting The Lost World Jurassic Park. Fuck that Jurassic Park nonsense. Okay. We're just skipping right to Malcolm. Like, I gotta go back. I gotta go. (laughs) All that trauma of the last time I went to the park. And you're like, huh? What park? But he would have, he would be like, I'm going to this new dilapidated park, right? Like, yeah, he hadn't been there before, right? That's. uh, I mean, yeah, it's a different island. And this is a different, you know, pyramid. I'm just okay. Now I'm more confused, Brandon. I feel like (laughs) I've made it worse. Yeah, let's let's just God, let's get into this thing because, like, what the fuck is going on? All right, let's talk about this episode. Okay, so we start appropriately enough in Egypt. Sure, Uh, we see you know the Sphinx. The Great Pyramid. Yes. You know. it's, just, it's like stills of them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All the establishing shots in this are just stills that you pan into. Nice. So we zoom into this pyramid and inside, motherfucking Tucker from Are You yeah. Afraid of the Dark is loading film into a camera. Yeah. Right. He's uh, somewhere in between Tucker, like what? Three, no, 4.0 and 5.0 or something. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. This is after the end of the original run of Are You Afraid of the Dark, but before the later seasons, whatever you want to call it, a reboot or, you know. So he's he's not quite his final form. Yeah. But he, he is a bit of a new and improved Tucker. This Tucker is like unlike any Tucker we've seen before, especially considering he has a different name. Um and I might call him Tucker. If I do, you're just going to have to roll with it. It's great to see Daniel DeSanto back, but even he can't carry this episode of um, spoilers you know, for me. <laughs> the rest of this time. <laughs> Still sounds like you love it. It's not anyway. like he's the best part about it. It's not bad. Like the acting is is good and, and like the set design is really whoa, cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Some of the acting is good. <laughs> Maybe uh, half of the okay. acting is good. No, oh man, <laughs> giving me flashbacks already. It's only been like it's been like less than twenty four hours since I've seen this one. Um, well, we're gonna run through the whole thing scene by scene, so it's all gonna come back to you. The acting from the kids isn't bad, and Daniel DeSantos is, of course, a dream to look at. It's great to see Daniel DeSanto, and it's great to see him doing more than sitting around the fire. Like, yeah, 
it was great in Silver Sight to see all of the kids actually get to do things, be part of a storyline. Right. And it's great here to see him doing Yeah, we things. get to see him do a little more than, you know, that's what my story's about. So, yeah, this is a Vange story. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's so much less than that. Um, all right, let's let's go ahead. All right, let's continue. We get some voiceover from Gabe, which is Tucker's name in this story. And Gabe says, I'm here in Egypt visiting my Uncle Ben and Cousin Sari. My Uncle Ben's an archaeologist. He's really cool. He knows all about ancient civilizations. My cousin Sari thinks she knows a lot, but she's okay. There's a really big lie that he says in that if you listen closely and you know about the episode already. And it's the part where he says Uncle Ben's cool because Uncle Ben is not cool in the slightest. I don't know where he got that info. But I, I don't wrong. know. He, he's not Indiana Jones, but he's all right. Mm. Okay. Well, spoilers is a character. His name's Uncle Ben. We're going to talk about him a little bit more. I'm That's not spoilers because he just said it. But we haven't been introduced to him yet. Anyway, every time I hear Uncle Ben, I think of Uncle Ben Ready Rice, so this episode was particularly difficult for me to get through. <laughs> well, I think of Spider-Man, so we both. We both got problems with Uncle Ben. Yeah. Even though, Brandon, you have an Uncle Ben. <laughs> I do. I do, and I didn't think of him first. I thought of Spider-Man. <laughs> That's okay. I'm telling Uncle Ben, though. <laughs> it's also a lie that Sari's okay, but we'll, we'll let that one slide. True. Yeah. So... These people are on a secret dig. Uncle Ben has somehow discovered a pyramid housing an old Egyptian prince. Right. I don't understand how that happened. Were we still discovering pyramids in 1995, Cortland? I think we just discovered a pyramid. Not a pyramid, but like maybe a part of a pyramid. Um, not that long ago, didn't we? I don't know. Like, I'm going to be... I'm going to be revealing my ignorance on this. Yeah, I'd like to also be fully transparent about my intelligence when it comes to Egypt and pyramids. It's very lacking. I know. I know there's a lot of shit out in that giant ass desert that you could, (laughs) you know, there's stuff still out there to find. But like, I feel like a big ass pyramid with a a pharaoh's mummy in it. Yeah, we probably found. You want to know what? When I was a kid, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Jurassic Park just come out. Like, that's what everybody wanted to be. My brother told me I couldn't be an archaeologist because by the time I grew up, all the dinosaur bones would be found. Can you believe that shit? I mean, he's not wrong, but like, give me a break. I mean, he is wrong because they're still discovering new species like every day. Well, then that's the same thing, Brandon. You it is. You the desert. They're probably discovering yeah. new new pyramids every day. Yeah, probably. I'm, no, I'm not cool like Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, he's like, I discovered this. I'm not letting anybody else have any of this <laughs> no. except two children. Only um, me and these children can explore <laughs> this dangerous trap-filled ruins. <sighs> Fucking Uncle Ben. <laughs> Gabe tells us that the pyramid is like a dark, spooky maze filled with dead ends. And, you know, I'm sure that's not going to play into the story at all. Is, are they, though? Is that what they were? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. They, okay. It was like a maze because all the rooms looked the same because it was the same room <laughs> that they filmed from different angles. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I just, I feel like I'm like... So I feel Objection. like you owe Gabe an apology. <laughs> I'm, 
Gabe, I am so sorry. Well, now I feel like an idiot for saying that the set design was good. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say I think the set design is good. They don't have a pyramid worth of rooms, but with what they have and on the budget that they must have had, I think they do a really convincing job. Me too. Of mm-hmm. setting this in a pyramid. I 1,000% I think they did great. Gabe tells us that he's not afraid. He's psyched to be one of the first people to explore the tomb of Prince Kuru. Mm. We see Gabe, Sari, and Uncle Ben entering dimly lit ruins. Sari says that if this really is the princess tomb, her dad is going to be famous. Right. How many, like, famous archaeologists do you know, Cortland? Name the most famous archaeologists. Brandon, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't even know. I don't know a single archaeologist, Brandon. Um, not even that sweet archaeologist lady who uncovered Goth's statue from Tale of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. I've forgotten her name. Damn, and she was like the most famous one, so. Yeah, ancient Babylonian sorceress or whatever. Like, If you can't remember her, then like, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm Archaeology's not... a scan. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, can you name an archaeologist, Brandon? No. Okay. Didn't uh, think so. Trying to think the people who discovered King Tut's tomb. Yeah. Carver, Carter, something like that, maybe, was one of them. But, you know, that's all I got. Gabe asks if there's a real mummy in there, and his younger cousin tells him, Duh, that's why they built this place. She then sees something in Gabe's pocket and snatches it out. Mm -hmm. We see it up close, and it's a tiny mummy hand charm thing. Like a lucky rabbit's foot, but a hand wrapped up. Right. And it's very small. It it is. Like, it's uh, the size of, like, a dog's paw kind of thing. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's a tiny little hand. I don't know. The prop department, not on point for this tiny hand. I'm just going to say. Why isn't it a regular sized hand? Why did he buy it? That was my major question for, honestly, most of the episode. Why? What is going on? Yeah, why did he buy it, but also he's, like, very attached to this thing. Like, anytime it's not in his possession, he's like, where's my fucking hand? Yeah, Yeah. where's my third fucking hand, Siri? (laughs) Or whatever your name is. Siri? I don't know. Siri. 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 Sorry. Gabe tells Siri. Give me that. It's my summoner. I got it at the airport. It's meant to bring out the dead. Gotta stop, Brandon. What the (laughs) fuck is a summoner? (laughs) He says it like it's just, you know, one of those things. It's one of those summoners. Um, Yeah, this is my summoner. Where's your summoner? I don't, I don't get it. Get Uh, your own summoner, Sari. (laughs) She's acting kind of like she wants that thing, so I (sighs) I think she just wants everything Gabe has. Not to, because she, like, looks up to him, but she just doesn't want him to have anything. Yeah, I think that might be what it is. Yeah. Uncle Ben takes notice of this conversation and tells him, I hope you didn't pay too much. That shit is the oldest trick in the book. Sari snatches it from him again and says, Ooh, it's warm. Gabe tries to be like, uh, that's a cousin summons the dead. But Sari is no dummy, and she says that it's because it's been in his pocket. And this whole conversation... I was like, is there going to be a point to this? Is this going to come up later? I mean, no, it doesn't really. This is all pointless. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you could say that, let's be real here, Brandon, you could say that about um, 
probably about like 20 minutes of this episode. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Give or take a minute or so. You might be right. Let's try to edit this episode down into 30 (laughs) seconds. Uncle Ben says, hey, I'll let you summon the mummy back from the dead, but first we gotta find him. Gabe says, hold on there. Let me get a picture of you two first. Uh Everybody gets into position, and for some reason, we see Gabe summon her fall to the floor. And I don't know how or why. Did I miss something there? No, it just kind of... I don't know if he had it in his hand or if he put it back in his pocket or what, but, like, I don't know, it just wanted to go on the ground. Okay. So, either way, his summoner falls to the ground. Okay, we need to make a little note of this, that the summoner falls to the ground right here. Summoner falls to floor. Gabe is unaware that his summoner has fallen to the ground. Gabe tells the two to get closer to some drawings so that he can get them in the picture. Sari corrects him, saying they're hieroglyphics. Oh my god. Gabe, She's kind of got a Hermione vibe going on. I was going to say a little bit of the sister from uh, Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Not quite so bad, but she's really annoying (laughs) so far. She's very annoying, but that sister was like, I don't know. She just wanted to cause shit and be mean. Where Sari... She was the worst. Yeah. Sari, I don't know. She's just like got a weird sense of superiority. And she like looks down on Gabe and she doesn't want anything good to happen to him <laughs> okay she maybe she's be, the same she wants yeah i mean well she wants she just wants to be an archaeologist like her dad and she doesn't want this gabe fella trouncing around her territory yeah but also a little bit lighthearted than that like it's not that big of a deal she's like she's like what would you say like nine years old yeah i think so yeah she's young we see that mummy hand again and now it's crawling along the ground with its fingers right sari is getting impatient now and in as condescending a tone as she can manage, tells Gabe that taking a picture is very simple. You press the little button and a picture comes out. Not gonna lie, man, I'm with Siri right here because this picture has <laughs> taken like a minute. A minute of the episode is devoted to this portion. Like yeah. we went through a commercial break and he still hadn't taken the picture. And again, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> True. <laughs> he takes that picture. He takes the picture. He uh, takes it out of his little, you know, the thing. And he, he doesn't even flap it in the wind or whatever. He just stuffs it in his backpack. We never fucking see it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Gabe finally takes the photo. And the uncle and cousin keep moving into the tomb. He looks down to find his missing summoner hand before finally finding it a few feet away. Right. He looks on the ground like, where's my summoner? Yeah, I just had it, but he never actually looks to see if he has a summoner. Like he just, it never showed him reacting to it falling on the ground. But he knew it was on the ground, and he had to get it. I don't know what is going on. I don't get it. No, he could like just he could feel its lack of presence, but also only after he took the photo and wasn't distracted. Yes, precisely. He notices a trail in the sand coming from the hand and remarks that that's weird. Before Uncle Ben tells him to get his ass over there. You don't fucking save. (laughs) That would be a remarkable thing to to behold. Yeah, I'd be like, huh. What's that, Uncle Ben? Coming! (laughs) We've met half the characters now, so let's meet these people. Okay. So, Gabe is played by some guy named Daniel DeSanto. Daniel the who? (laughs) He's most famous for playing a sound engineer on an episode of Schitt's Creek. Oh, nice! That's awesome! Yeah. I I don't remember him in that, but uh, yeah, he was in an episode. (laughs) 
He also played Major Glad Marin on something called Combat Hospital. Wow, that sounds exciting. It does. If that would be like a great reality show, I think. Mm, yeah. But it's probably not that. Sari is played by Anik Abansawin. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> She's going to be so pissed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Anik, if that is how you say your name, but... um. Yeah, if I'm that's saying. how you say your name, really pretty name though. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, she actually has a lot of credits, including voices on Little Bear, The Magic School Bus, and Braceface. Oh God, everybody! I didn't know why are all these things turning up Canada? You know? I don't know, man. Canada knows what's up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. When I watched Braceface, which I didn't, I would <laughs> I never thought it was from Canada. I know. It's so good, you wouldn't even think it's from Canada. I was like, American made, braised face. <laughs> no, but uh, when I was a kid, I didn't even understand that anything was Canadian. Like, it was all the same to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I never picked up on the stories. No. And I have Canadian family, so like, I would know. <laughs> uh, so, Anik was also in three different TV series just last year. So, oh, girl, girl. girl's still working. Yes. Uncle Ben is played by Elias Zaru. This dude was in Friday the 13th, the series. Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Kung Fu right. The Legend Continues, <laughs> and Warehouse 13. And a bunch of oh, other nice. stuff. Alright, that's cool. I mean, he kind of looks like he has that like recognizable face that he's been in a bunch of stuff, but like is credited as, I don't know, Uncle Ben or, you know. <laughs> no, honestly, most of his credits are as like Arab or. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, like. Just like the, um, just like the shaman from Manaha, just like Indian man, yeah. Native American. Okay. I think, I think he's good. Um. He doesn't have a lot. To do in he, this episode. He, um, okay, I'm just gonna say spoilers, Brandon. I think he might be one of the worst parental figures so far in the show. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But he is a good actor. <laughs> I mean, yes. yeah. With what he's given, like, he does he does the job. I think he's yeah. good. I think, you know, Daniel DeSanto is Daniel DeSanto. Yeah. And I think Sari isn't a bad child actor, but I think she way overacts yeah she gets like the the acting face thing where like the eyebrows go crazy and um, yeah her face is like she's acting entirely with her face and you know sometimes i I appreciate that that. yeah exactly she's she's better in the final act i think than she is in all the rest of the episode yeah honestly i just got tired of her constant like shit that she was giving gabe and not because i was like oh man gabe is so cool like stop teasing him but I was just like, all right, give it a rest. Like, have another character mm-hmm. trait. All right, so back to the episode. We cut to Gabe ogling a large mural of hieroglyphics. He asks Sari if she knows what it means. Sari, of course, knows everything. She says it's all about the journey of life after death. Can't you just feel all that juicy death energy? <laughs> Gabe agrees that it's pretty spooky. What a weird thing for a, like, nine-year-old child to say. But, you know what? They don't bring it up again. It's never mentioned again. And fuck off. That's what they're trying to tell us. <laughs> yeah. But in a story about, like, mummies coming back from the dead, you can't really avoid talking about death. Nah, you're right, yeah. 
So Gabe says that it's pretty spooky, and he sure wouldn't want to be there alone. And wouldn't you know it, he turns and notices oh that God. he is, in fact, alone. Yeah, fucking Siri just instant transmissioned away. <laughs> yes. In less than a second, she disappeared from existence. He calls out for Sari and Uncle Ben, and we see his calls echoing through different parts of the ruins. Mm-hmm. He walks around a bit more before he hears the voices of Sari and Uncle Ben calling for him, and they sound a bit like they're in distress. At this point is when I realize that Uncle Ben, he's not very good at with parenting and like, you know, making sure that children aren't lost in an ancient tomb in Egypt. Yeah, like when you're walking with kids, you know, you... You keep them in your eye line. You know yeah. where they are. And that's just when you're, like, walking down the sidewalk. When you're walking in, like, trap-filled, dark, unexplored <laughs> ruins. I don't know, man. Even Siri. She, like, she's nine years old. My son's not nine years old yet. But I, I start to, like, worry when he leaves my eyesight. So, like... You know, I just, I know the 90s were a wild time. Parents were always letting their kids run amok in ancient Egyptian tombs. But like, still, right. Uncle Ben, get your shit together or I'm going to call CPS. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the best, I think. I think so too. It's the best of those, for those kids. Yeah. we got to think of the children. <laughs> so Gabe runs to find where the voices are coming from and comes to a room with two doors. Some dirt and rocks fall from the ceiling behind him, indicating that this place may not be the most stable. Yeah. So he has no choice but to move forward. He chooses the left door and walks forward, but the ceiling in the entryway crumbles a bit too. So he says, fuck that, and goes right. I liked this part because it reminded me of the labyrinth, but okay. I was like, oh, this is going to be like a cool thing where he like goes this way and then it's like back to the start and it's like a magical labyrinth maze thing but and david this Bowie's there also <laughs> that would improve it yes this oh, absolutely. has absolutely nothing to do with anything either <laughs> no nah, it's just that's what i'm saying brandon like literally the first 20 minutes of this episode are completely and utterly forgettable and nothing happens which is a shame they are utterly forgettable and nothing does happen but you know what i kind of just like the trappings of ancient Egypt and pyramids and traps and stuff enough yeah, that it, it pulls me along through the episode just fine. Gabe walks into another chamber and immediately falls into a trap door, which drops him into a giant pile of sand. Dude, I'm pretty sure if that happened to me, my legs would be broken. Yeah, they would. You would okay. die there alone. Like, it wasn't a super amount of height, but... Just seeing Daniel DeSanto fall into that, like, sand, I would be like, yeah, my legs would totally be bone sticking out broken. Ugh. I wouldn't survive. <laughs> I would be, I would, oh, uh, my brittle body. You'd be buried body. in sand. Yeah, I'd be like, well, and then the sand would just start going in my mouth, and the fucking singular spider would be crawling on me. Like, I'd be out. I'd be out for the count. That would be a, a good end for the story, I think. For this story or my story? <laughs> Any story. <laughs> someone just walking around in a pyramid falling into a hole breaking their legs getting buried alive by sand and then a spider crawls <laughs> on their face that sounds like a horrible ending to me cut uh. and wrap gabe takes out a pen light and looks around at a blank room before he notices a tarantula crawling up his other arm don't know how he didn't notice that do they have wild tarantulas in australia i don't know 
Have you seen any cool spiders lately, Brandon? I've been missing them pictures. Not lately. Spider season's passed a little bit. Okay. Gabe shakes that spider shit off and takes another look around the room. On one of the walls, there's a stone carving of a lion's head wearing a pharaoh headdress. It's actually Goldar from Power Oh my Rangers. god, I was hoping <laughs> you would say that. It's me! Rita! <laughs> I, was, I got stuck on this wall. Fuck. Please help. <laughs> yeah, it's actually just Goldar. Yeah, <laughs> it's sure. totally Goldar, and it's great. <laughs> So Gabe takes a picture of Goldar before walking up to touch that bad boy. As he puts his hand on it, the fakest looking snake pops out of the lion's mouth. I didn't know what the hell just happened. I thought when I saw it, because it was so fake, that this was like Sari playing a prank on him or something. Right. I was like, oh my god, you're not going to scare him with that. It's literally like a sock on a hand. Yes. Yes, it's like a sock with fangs. Oh, man. And, yeah, I thought, okay, what's the deal with this fake snake? But no, I we're meant to believe it's a real snake, I think. Boo, that's all I have to say. Not even an enthusiastic I f- one. I forgot about that part. <laughs> you can honestly say that about, like, most of this episode, though, so... At the same moment that the snake pops out, a rope falls down from above him. Reasonably, he thinks that it's a snake. Mm -hmm. Then we see that that little shit Sari is making fun of him, saying that it's just a rope, you chicken. Yes. She's sitting there making fun of this kid that just fell, like, 10, 15 feet down into a hole, and he could have been trapped in there forever, because your ass has left him to die. Yeah. (laughs) Neither her nor Uncle Ben is like, hey, is your legs broken? (laughs) Their bones sticking out. I expected more from you at this moment, Uncle Ben, and you're just like... (laughs) It's like, Goldar's been taking better care of me down here. Hey, are your legs okay? (laughs) No. Uncle Ben fucking... Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite hieroglyphic. Thank you so much for listening into our show. Whether you're new this week or a longtime fan, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. This is the last week to get in on our Patreon exclusive giveaway. If you're interested in winning a bundle of nostalgic goodies curated by me, then become a patron today and you'll be entered in to win. Just visit patreon.com slash private island and for as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to all of our early release episodes and an entry into our giveaway. Higher tiers get more rewards like bonus episodes, bloopers, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Mia, Tristan, Venice Witch, and newest patron Sarah, the Silver Goth Shane, Stephen, Matt, Geraldine, Evelyn, Brittany, Aaron, and Preston, the Golden Day Days Faith, Sarah, Angela, and Kristen, and the Platinum Bostics Bryce, Kathy, Matt, and Farron. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Looking for more laughs? Give us a follow on Instagram at PRVT Island and on Twitter at Private Island Presents. We make a ton of content for every single episode, including GIFs, memes, and more. Check it out and enjoy. Are you a podcaster looking to cross-promote with our show? Send us your promo to privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. 
This week, I've actually got two shoutouts. The first, if you're interested in some YouTube content, check out Sunnyvale Survivor. He does a lot of recaps on some of your favorite horror anthology shows. I'm also going to be playing the promo for my favorite musical podcast, Tone Deaf, with hosts Kay and Warren. Hi, I'm Warren. I know next to nothing about music or musical theater. Does this sound like you or somebody that you know? If so, tune in to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse, every Wednesday, where my wife Kay, that's me, broadens my horizons and makes me less of an uncultured swine. Oh, Warren, you're not a swine. Thanks, Kay. Wait. Tune in every Wednesday to Tone Deaf. That's all I got for you this week. I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. He climbs the rope, and we see that he's left his mummy summoner hand behind. I can't believe that. He would never leave his... He would never leave that pit without his mummy summoner hand. Well, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Later on in their tent, Uncle Ben is investigating the photo of the lion's head that Gabe took. He thinks that that shit is dope, because that head is Prince Koru's sacred seal. He compliments his nephew, and Sari looks like this physically hurts her. Yeah. She complains that his discovery shouldn't count because he merely fell into it, which sounds like something someone who's losing at the game of archaeology would say. Ten points to Gabe. Thanks, Dumbledore. The seal is apparently the entrance to the actual tomb, and Uncle Ben decides right. that we are all going up in that thing tomorrow. Yeah. Gabe is like, what about the s- snake? Sari says something sassy, and I could not be bothered to write it down. I mean, obviously I didn't. (laughs) Uncle Ben tells the two to cut it out. He'll send in a work crew to clear all the snakes. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Right, me too. Homeboy Um, has a work crew? Yes. What the hell are these two children doing here, then? (laughs) As you would expect... If a tomb was discovered, there would be a crew of people excavating it out and things like that to make sure nobody fucking dies. (laughs) Yes. But I don't know. Uncle Ben, he's got him on speed dial, but he's very hesitant to push that little button. Yeah. Spoilers. We never see this work crew. Absolutely not. (laughs) No, they are implied only. (laughs) Then we get the obligatory first person creeper camera angle of someone watching them as they speak. Mm-hmm. A goosebump staple? Yeah, it's in every single one. Gabe notices hey, his summoner hand is gone, summoner. finally. It's Uncle gone. Ben says, I'm sure the crew will find it. Wrong. It's a top priority for them. Spoilers, everybody. That doesn't this fake happen. crew. <laughs> but he says, forget about that garbage, because I have something for you. Gabe looks at it, asking, what is it? Some kind of glass? Uncle Ben tells him that it's the petrified sap of trees. Uh-huh. And look inside, and we get a closer look and see a scarab beetle inside of the amber. I'm just going to let you know, Brandon, another little sidebar here. Every single time I watched this episode, which was legitimately three times, um, I was interrupted or busy during this entire scene, and I still feel like I didn't miss anything. You didn't. All right, good. Sari scoffs at this and says, woohoo, a dead bug. Uncle B drops some knowledge on her ass, saying that the ancient Egyptians believed that keeping a scarab granted you immortality but 
Gabe doesn't really care about living forever. He just asks his uncle if this bug is really 4,000 years old. A woman's voice from off screen says, yeah, it's true. They all look to see a professional looking lady popping into the tent. She says to Ben, I'm so glad I caught you. But Uncle Ben doesn't even know who this chick is. She introduces herself as Nila Rahmad. I'm a reporter with the Cairo Sun. Sure. So you can cut this part out. But as like the second this chick walked in here, I was like, that bitch is a mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, right. Because so one of the things that you kind of didn't cover was there's a part where in the room that Gabe fell into, they do this little focus on like a roach when he leaves. Mm hmm. And I think it might be important later a little bit. I don't know. It's such a convoluted pile I wrote of it down in my notes, but I skipped it while saying it because I was like, that roach doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't, but do- I don't know. But thematically, uh, they they go back to the roach. Yeah. I'm not going to cut that part out, Brandon, because anybody watching, listening in, like... She, a mysterious girl doesn't just pop out of nowhere and not be a mummy, right? <laughs> yes, that is okay. impossible for that to happen. <laughs> and she just got, gives off a mummyish vibe, you know, like right away. Mm-hmm. Like she hasn't acted in four thousand years, right? <laughs> she okay? She's bad. <laughs> she is not good. She's not a good actress. She's not good no. at this. I don't feel bad saying that she's not a good actress because she's not one of the kids. There's no excuse for this. <laughs> she's had time. Garbage. She's she's straight garbage. I hate her. She's I very don't like bad. it when she's on screen. <laughs> um, God. Let's, let's just keep going. So Nila's on the beat. Her newspaper heard that Ben discovered the prince's tomb. He tells her, eh, I wouldn't say that. We haven't discovered shit yet. She says, that's even better. And Uncle Ben is like, huh? Oh. Nila wants that exclusive. She wants to be there when they crack open that mummy. Okay. Uncle Ben tells her, well, you should talk to Gabe here. He's the only one who's actually seen it. And again, Sari looks like she wants to die. Yep. Nila asks if Gabe is an archaeologist too, and Sari is quick to downplay his epic accomplishments. The reporter shuts her up saying some of the greatest discoveries happened by accident. Yeah, like what though? I don't know. I don't think there are. She just made that up. I'm sure there are, but also I don't know what one. She's, she she also to. said that uh, uh, Einstein uh, failed his math classes. Oh my god. You know what? She's 4,000 years old. She doesn't know who discovered anything, okay? <laughs> she doesn't know what being a reporter is. She doesn't know about like the Cairo Sun newspaper. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does she know shit about shit? Exactly. Like, most of the time, I'm very careful about spoilers. I don't want to ruin the story for those who may, yes. who may not have watched it. But you know what? Fuck this episode, okay? She's a fucking mummy. Shh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the truth of the situation. <laughs> okay, so now Nella notices the scarab around Gabe's neck. Mm-hmm. Strange, she says, and pulls out her own amber ball necklace. They're twinsies. Yep. Who goes around just collecting amber, making sure a bug's in there? Who does this? Somebody has to, right? Because it is so cliche, right? Bug and amber. Who, who's doing this? Who's farming amber bugs? I don't get it. 
I don't know, but if I found one, I would think that that's cool and keep it. I mean, me too. Let's let's not lie here, of course. That's awesome. But (laughs) the way they're portrayed in TV and film, it's like somebody is like on a tree farm and they're like coaxing a bug to get caught in the amber syrup. And then they're like, all right, now I just got to sit here and watch it for like a million years. And then boom, I got a piece of jewelry. Or a dope ass cane. Oh man, I want that cane so bad. I know. I wonder how much stuff is that are encased in the amber. I just want to see how much. Oh, here's a twenty five, twenty, $2,400 amber thing. Bugs and amber. $15.99. Bitch. <laughs> that ain't priceless. <laughs> There's been a lot of bugs over the years. $20. Amber with insect. Fossil insect. Includes genuine Baltic amber specimen. Ooh. Okay. So, <laughs> bugs and amber are a dime a dozen. Yes. You can't pay me to take your bug ambers off you exactly nihilus bug amber is empty just a wad of tree sap sari thinks that hers looks nicer without the dead bug but now a second person has to explain to her that the scarab is magical right it's got it's got powers hmm. whatever you know what doesn't fucking matter gabe hands nyla the photo of the lion's head and she confirms that it is indeed the seal of the prince and a little musical sting plays. Oh, right now I gotta grab it. <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding. Just then, a man pops up asking for Nala. She rudely just walks out of the tent following him. Right. The guy notices the photograph and examines it closely. That photo. Madam, surely you do not. She says, it's nothing to worry about. He says, no one must enter the tomb. It is cursed. Someone will die. And she's yeah. like, shh, shut the fuck up. Shut. She's like, ah, tut, tut. Get the fuck out. The man says that he can't stay there, and he runs away. Like, he actually runs. I feel like I know the answer to this before I ask it. Is this person important anyway? Like, in any way? No. I didn't even include the actor in this list of That's actors. Fair. Because That's he very fair. Because he doesn't matter. He doesn't do anything, yeah. Okay. Alright. Our two heroes and Sari are watching this like, what the hell is going on there? Nyla walks back to the tent like none of that nonsense just happened. Reading the hieroglyphics on the lion's head photo. Let me rest in peace, it says. Gabe asks what that means. Like he wants a (laughs) translation for the translation, I guess. (laughs) Uncle Ben says it's just a warning to keep the riffraff away. It's just a polite asking of, hey, don't steal my stuff. Hey, leave me the fuck alone. And he's like, guess what? (laughs) What does that that mean? mean? (laughs) I'm going to steal his shit. I can't wait to get my filthy hands all over his good gold. Gold jewels! <laughs> Nyla casually mentions that these tombs are loaded with treasure. And Uncle Ben adds that some dumbasses actually believe that the tombs are cursed. Sari jumps in saying, like you, Gabe. I don't think he ever said anything about it being cursed, did he? No. No, I don't think he did. Right. Nyla tells Gabe that legend says they ain't the first people to try to bust into this tomb. And the others have gone missing. Uncle Ben says that the ancient legends say that if you repeat the sacred words three times, the mummy will come back. Nyla says, but that's just superstition, isn't it? And the camera cuts to her for just slightly too long while she has a very off-putting smile and her head is tilted 45 degrees. (laughs) I don't know why, but this like this was like the scariest part of the episode for me. Well, I'm gonna have to go watch that again. Yeah, she just smiles, and I'm like, ugh. 
Just like, cut away, please. We finally do, where Uncle Ben is pounding on that lion's head with some tools. Oh my god. This part, I was just like, Uncle Ben, you're like, you are an archaeologist. You are there to, like, preserve history. And you're sitting there like, bing, 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 trying <laughs> to just, pick this He's pounding on it like a gorilla. <laughs> he's just... Uh, I love it. He's got a chisel in there trying to, like, jack it right off that wall. And he's like... Yeah. We just gotta get this fucking ugly thing out of here. Ding, ding, ding. Like, <laughs> Uncle Ben, you are the worst. <laughs> yeah. Poor Goldar. <laughs> Nyla says, just think. Why is she there? <laughs> a, a boy from America will be the first one to see the mummy. <laughs> Boo, he's from Canada. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have the heart to tell her, I guess. Sari tickles <sighs> the back of Gabe's neck, pretending to be a spider. He freaks out. And she makes fun of him. Ben tells the gang, Alright, get ready to see this room that no one has seen for 4,000 years. Yep. He pops that seal off, and the giant brick door slides open. They walk into the chamber, holding flashlights that illuminate jack shit, by the way. Uh, uh-huh. And Sari announces that this place is empty. Boring. <sighs> Uncle Ben says it's just another goof to discourage grave robbing. It's a false tomb. Sari starts teasing Gabe, doing that thing where you walk around someone in a circle, pointing a flashlight in their face. Yeah. She says, maybe they just gotta say those three magic words. Beetlejuice. 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 Klaatu. Barada. Nikto. Gabe says, oh, fuck no. Sari asks him, do you really think that shit really works? He says, well, no, but... And she tells him, then say the words. Ooh, he looks like chicken. he's he looks like he's not going to do it. But then she unleashes the C word. You know, she calls him a chicken. And now mm-hmm. he has to do it. So he says oh. the three words. A goosebumps first. He accidentally um, took this over from Are You Afraid of the Dark. He was like, nobody calling me a chicken chicken. You know, and then fucking he does it. <laughs> Being called a chicken is the worst thing. When you think about it. <laughs> Being a chicken is the worst. So bad. As soon as Gabe says the three words, the lights flicker a bit. Sari points to something sticking out of the wall and asks Mm. Gabe what it is. He checks it out and says, Hey, it's my summoner. Sari rolls her eyes as he grabs for the mummy arm. But the mummy arm grabs him first. Yeah, right? Plot twist, I guess. (laughs) No. He gives a really great scream, and it cuts to commercial. I was going to ask you about Daniel DeSanto's screams in this episode. One of the great things about Goosebumps so far has been the kids' screams, and Daniel DeSanto's, uh, he delivers. Yeah. I love his face. What a hidden talent on his screaming. We never got to see him really scream. If Arl Stein came up to me as a child and was like, yo, want to be in one of these Goosebumps episodes? I'd be like, sure, as long as I don't have to scream. And then he would turn around and be like, all right, never mind. Because <laughs> I don't think I could do this. No, me either. My scream's like, ah, ah. <laughs> Mine would be one of those Are You Afraid of the Dark screams. Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very forced. Whereas these kids sound like they're in real pain. <laughs> Yeah, he sounds Someone like Someone is like poking them behind <laughs> the camera. <laughs> Gabe is still screaming when we return, yelling out for Uncle Ben to help. Sari, Uncle Ben, and Nyla 
all just shake their head like we don't have time for this nonsense. Yeah, what the fuck? Uncle Ben, I expect a lot more out of you. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) Yeah, because, like, he took on the responsibility of taking his brother or sister's kid to Egypt. So, like, yeah, I expect him to be a present and caring adult. No, like, even... Even when the child is right in front of him, he's like, nope. Screaming. <laughs> Screaming like he's not, dying. Not gonna help. He's all like, Gabe, 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 you Americans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gabe grabs onto Sari's arm, and they both get swung into a spinning wall. Yep. Uncle Ben runs to help way too late and slams right <sighs> into the wall, knocking him out. What a fucking idiot. Oh, my God. Like, I think I am going to call CPS. <laughs> Gabe was screaming. He's like, help me. <laughs> it's obvious he's not just, like, doing a prank. Like, it's No, he's already been attacked by uh, snakes and spiders down here. Like, you know there's at least something alive down here. Yeah, like, but even whatever. if you don't believe that it's a mummy come to life that is attacking him, like, he's in distress about something. Uncle Ben's all like, did you see me just break down Goldar? Like, nobody's been in here for 4,000 years, Gabe. Shut up. But they all are just like, while he's screaming. It's insane. That's so dumb. The two kids get up and check out the wall that they came from, but it's sealed up tight. Gabe turns and sees a skeleton making him scream again. Another really good scream, yeah. I love this scream because he's like, <laughs> he's like shaking as he's screaming. Yes, yes, it's so good. I really, I hope we get a clip of that. He's shaking uh, just like Marv, I believe, from Home Alone when he gets like electrocuted. <laughs> yes, it's great. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just probably gonna do like a compilation cut of him screaming or Whew. something. Maybe the best part of the episode. <laughs> but they've got no choice but to move on now. Even Sari is scared, and she stops making fun of Gabe for a little bit. They walk through the corridors before reaching what looks like the real burial chamber, complete with all the golden knickknacks you'd expect. I feel like at this point in the story, this is probably about the third act right now, if you didn't watch anything except for right now going forward, you would get as much out of this episode as if you had watched the entire thing. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Sari says, wow, this is it, the prince's tomb. Gabe picks up a golden necklace and says, Great, we'll be the world's richest skeletons. And I resonated with that moment, Brandon, because how fucking scary would it be to be sealed into, like, a couple of rooms in an ancient tomb nobody's been in forever? Like, their only way out is blocked. And they're just, like, making jokes and shit. It would be scary. I would be panicking so much. (laughs) I would I would try not to because it'd be you know you're using up all your oxygen. It's airtight in there. Mm-hmm. True. Wouldn't be able to help myself though, Brandon. So hopefully we don't get stuck in an ancient tomb together because I'd be all like, <gasps> God damn it, you're gonna kill us both. <laughs> I can't help it. Sari pokes around a bit more and finds the actual sarcophagus. Yeah. She goes to touch it before Gabe stops her. He's like, Are you fucking crazy? She wants to pop that bad boy open, but he's worried about the curse. She says, are you going to help me or not? Now, he's not going to let peer pressure from a nine-year-old lead him into doing something stupid. Yep. Except he totally is, because the next thing you know, they're both struggling to push the heavy lid off of the coffin. Yeah, she's all, come on, just heave. 
<laughs> that's why. When they get the lid off, they see that the sarcophagus is empty. Gabe says, uh-oh, nobody home. And the Ugh, lion's head in the room's eyes light. That was the, that was the secret words. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. They hear a noise behind them, and they slowly turn around to see, finally, Cortland, at 16 minutes and 36 seconds into the episode, yes. a goddamn mummy a shambling mummy their finally way. comes out, yeah. Now, of all the reasons that Gabe has had to scream this episode, fake snakes, <laughs> fake spiders, fake skeletons, falling yeah. down pits, and being dragged behind spinning walls... You'd think that this angry-looking corpse getting up and chasing him around would be Screamsville, USA, right? You would think. But he just calmly grabs Sari's hand, and they both sidle their way towards the exit. <laughs> I understand, like, what you're going for here, Brandon, but I do gotta give him credit, like, for handling this incredibly intense situation. He handles it really well. Like, no, he I am not Siri. saying. I'm not saying that he's doing the wrong thing. But I am just surprised. It is very out of character, considering he screamed at, like, everything. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good on him. When the when the chips are down, when it matters, he's, yeah. you know, he takes care of business. Totally. A woman's voice from off screen says, come to me. We look and see Nyla dressed in a fabulous ancient Egyptian dress adorned with gold and jewels. Where'd she get all that? Was she just pillaging the it was under her you know 1995 exterior <laughs> she went in, she went into the phone booth and she did the wonder woman and twirled around until she was an ancient <laughs> egyptian garb <laughs> yes we just happened okay. to miss that good thing uncle ben was unconscious on the floor <laughs> as she changed in front of him she got out of her mom jeans <laughs> Nyla continues. Come to me. Come to me, my brother. It's Princess Nila, your sister. <laughs> Which may be like one of the worst lines I've ever seen. This might be one of the worst line deliveries ever. I kind of love it. I don't know. I'm a kind of person. I like bad shit. And this is one of the worst. So... Oh my god, this lady, this fucking lady. Did we even, did you introduce her yet? That is the very next thing I'm gonna do. Alright, okay. So, I gotta know who she is, Brandon. I have to know what she's been I doing. almost, I almost wasn't going to mention these other two actors, because they've been in almost nothing. That's, but that I'm is going good. to. I'm glad to hear this so far. For a few reasons. So, Nyla is played by Afra Gouda. She has just one other credit, Cortland. Please don't tell me it's another Goosebumps episode. Ten years after this episode was made, oh, fuck. she was in a movie called Air Emergency, and that's fucking it. Okay. Alright. Makes sense. She um, made two things in ten years, and they're, they're both probably bad performances. <laughs> but, you know, maybe she got way better. God. I okay, we we make this joke all the time like, oh, but they're more famous than we are. I don't think this lady's more famous than we are, Brandon. <laughs> no. No, probably not. 
just gonna say that i think we are more famous than her we are more relevant and more entertaining <laughs> than this lady uh jesus yeah so when she hears this My, and sues uh... us like you'll just understand the cease and desist is on the way <laughs> bring it on um the mummy <laughs> is played by peter jarvis now okay. peter jarvis has just five acting roles, Cortland. I'm really glad that I didn't just say, that name sounds familiar. So he has five acting roles, Cortland, and yeah. three of them, three of the five, are as a mummy. What? <laughs> How? Was he the mummy in, like, Under Wraps or something? This motherfucker. <laughs> There's has... not even that many mummy things. <laughs> Over years, this guy was the go-to mummy. <laughs> For, you know, three things. So I, I can't say, like, he's, like, you know, Hollywood's main mummy. But <laughs> he's got he's got his niche, and he performed it for a few years. Really weird that Brendan Fraser didn't call him to be on The Mummy then. Weird. I know. He, I, unless he was. Like, look, this guy, I mean, he's not performing soliloquies or anything, but he... <laughs> He's a good mummy. Like, he shambles around. He's got the arms out. He's like, Ugh. Yeah. I think he's pretty good. He's pretty good at miming a mummy. I like the... Uh, I'm going to just sidebar just a little bit here. Because we got to talk about the comparison between this mummy and the one from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Um, and I'll let you talk about this guy. But I like this mummy a little bit better. Mostly because you see more of him. But I like the design a little more of the Are You Afraid of the Dark Mummy. I think the Are You Afraid of the Dark Mummy is a little bit creepier. I would have to go back and look at it. I'd have to look it up. Because I think the mummy in this was actually pretty well done. So I'm going to look. I think it was too. I'm going to look up. The editing on this is going to be so fun. I'm not worried about it. (laughs) Okay. That's a good mummy. Are You Afraid of the Dark has a good mummy. Agreed. Anyway, back to this guy. All right. So Gabe and Sari. Hey, hold on, hold on. What? I don't mean to. I I gotta know what other mummy things was he in? I didn't write that down. Uh, okay. It's they're not things you heard of. Okay, I'm gonna look anyway. But continue. Oh, you know what? One of them is another episode of Goosebumps. Uh, is he a mummy in it? Yeah. There's no, another mummy I don't episode. want more mummy Goosebumps. <laughs> oh. Do we get the the prequel to this one or something? No, it's a completely separate mummy story. What? Sorry. No, sorry. I, I wasn't going to bring that up. Gabe and Sari hide while the mummy jitters his way towards the princess. Nyla tells her bro, I have waited so long for this day where we may be reunited once again. Oh, man. Gabe then notices that Nyla is holding <laughs> his cheap gift shop summoner from earlier and totally yes. says, Hey, that's mine! <laughs> to these fucking monsters. This is my favorite part of the episode. Nyla tells him, shut up. The shit is mine now. (laughs) She tells her bro that it's time to rule again. And he's got to murder these children as there can be no witnesses. She's like, she's like, shut up, peasant. (laughs) Yes. My brother's going to kill you. Yes. (laughs) I like how our performance of this is better than hers. We're incredible. We should have oh, been selected man. as the role. We could be like Jesus. American Ashley kind of thing. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yep. It would have been a much better wow. performance. Like, in between cuts, it's you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Just switches <laughs> out. Seamless. Yeah, right. Oh. 
If only. <laughs> the mummy swings his arm around for a bit, making you think he's going to go on a murder spree. He's but then he peasants. quickly turns and snatches the amber necklace from Nyla's neck. He mumbles out the words, Let me rest in peace. Oh yeah, that one singular line. Okay. Yeah. Nyla tells him, Do you remember, Koru? You were the weak one. I was strong. I was the awesome one. The the mummy yells out. That's what I'd say to my brother. Remember? And he smashes that necklace on the ground. Yeah. Well, first of all, first she calls him a brother like a hundred fucking times. Oh yeah. my god! I edited that, edited that down for we, brevity's sake. <laughs> we, but she's like, brother, bro. Come on, brother. Let Do you remember, on. brother? For real. <laughs> I'm the dope one. (laughs) Nyla drops down to her knees, crying, My life! My life! I lived in this fucking stone for 4,000 years! And now I will live all! Our performances are better than that. (laughs) They really are. She screams into the sky and disappears. Her clothes and her jewelry drop to the floor. Out of the dress crawls a cockroach. Right. For some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Is it meant to be like a scarab? I thought... Okay, here's what I think. Her jewel had her in it as the cockroach, but she somehow escaped her amber prison. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't know how... But that's when the bug crawled out that it showed, and then now she's a bug again? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Who fucking cares? It doesn't explain it, and you know what? I don't fucking care. (laughs) (laughs) Prince Koru begins to droop a little bit, and the kids think (laughs) that maybe he's dead again. But then he gets a second wind, and Gabe says, guess not. He tells Sari to stay where she is and runs towards the mummy. He grabs the summoner from Nyla's pile of clothes and says, Uh, Haru, Hara, something or other. He then throws his precious summoner into a fire. <laughs> Why did he do that? I don't, I don't know. So this I don't mummy, know what would make him think that that would do anything. The, the mummy, I thought it was going to be on their side because he just like stopped his sister from, you know, capturing... Yeah. The immediate area, because... Oh, another thing. She wants to take over the world, but she's like, oh, kill those kids, because we can't have any witnesses. Like, girl, you what? You're going to have witnesses sometime. <laughs> no, they're just going to silently take over the world. <laughs> no uh, one will know. I don't know. Oh, my God. So he throws his fucking summoner right in that fire. That's... Yeah. Even and though this mummy do- just when helped When he does, him. the pyramid starts to shake. Yes. Like, it's going to go. The kids get out of there, and luckily the wall that wouldn't budge earlier slides open easily now. They grab Uncle Ben, who's just coming to, and they make a very convenient escape. Yep. We see the mummy's arm from around a corner reach out from behind a wall, but, you know, nothing happens if we fade away. We fade back into the family's tent later on, where Gabe is packing up his many white shirts into a suitcase. <laughs> Yeah, it says logoless shirts. <laughs> Sari says, "Don't forget this." 
and offers the scarab amber necklace. Gabe tells her to keep it. She says, no, no, no. Egyptian custom. When you get a lousy gift, you're stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She tosses it in his suitcase and the music gets more tense. Why, Brandon? We see the mummy arm from earlier crawling what? along the ground at the edges of the tent. Twist. How did it get there? <laughs> it can't be crawling that fast. <laughs> or can it? That thing's zooming. <laughs> it's like uh, like Thing from Adam's Family. It's yeah. just like... Cue the Benny around. Hill music. Oh my god. Just then, Uncle Ben pops in to say, What am I supposed to tell these reporters? The truth? Gabe says, yeah, tell him the mummy walked. Sari adds, and that his sister's a 4,000-year-old beetle. Uncle Ben is like, "Mm -hmm, She saw that mm -hmm." beetle crawl away then, yes? Yeah. That was the only indication that I knew that that beetle was an important part (laughs) of this story, is when she was like, and her sister's a 4,000-year-old beetle. Yes. Fuck off, episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Ben says, Nothing but the truth, and heads back out. The mummy hand has made its way inside the suitcase now, and grabs the amber. Gabe throws a shirt on top of it and closes the suitcase, so he doesn't notice the hand is there. Right. He says, I can tell you one thing. When I get to the airport, I'm not buying any more summoners. (laughs) That's it. That's the end of the episode. Except, Brandon, when they're walking out of the tent, Siri's all like, You want me to give you a hand? And it's hilarious because he just got a hand. <laughs> it's I completely backpack. didn't notice that or care about it. <laughs> you know what, Brandon? That's fair. That's very fair. It was stupid. <laughs> and this episode was stupid. So, uh, It was. It was stupid and slow. But like I said, I just like Egyptian and mummy stuff. Yeah, fair enough. The design, like the set design, is really cool. So the acting I'd from wa- Daniel. Is I'd awesome. watch it again. Daniel DeSanto's cool with me. Yeah, I, so, I feel about the same. Overall, I think it's an, an average episode. Average is where I guess I would put it to. <sighs> you watched it like three times more than I did. <laughs> I'm still so confused about this, Brandon. Have you read Curse of the Mummy's Tomb and you know, The Mummy Returns? I read at least part of Curse a long, long time ago. I just can't understand how this could possibly be a sequel to anything it sets everything up as if we've never met these characters i mean this mummy they're not like oh fuck it's the mummy again like i just i don't understand why is it called the return of the mummy do they use the curse of the mummy's tomb as the source material or not they they use it but i think they change it around a bit so is it like like a jurassic park situation where they kind of plucked elements from the lost world and put it in the first movie and took like the pterodactyl cage from the first book and put it in the third movie like is it that kind of a situation they probably just like got rid of any line in the book that was like oh here we go again or something (laughs) like that all right you know what fair enough i'll take it um there's no moral (laughs) there's no moral to this uh look after children don't take them into fucking pyramids that's it yeah i don't think there's really any other morals if you see a girl a mysterious girl pops up and she keeps following you around and stuff there's a good chance she's a mummy (laughs) (laughs) yes when you see someone and you think they're a mummy they probably are like it's very likely yeah they were probably trapped in amber uh like a mosquito for uh four thousand years or so yep so that's that man um done 
are there any alternate titles we could give this? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, perhaps? That is way better. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Man, shucks. They should have gone with that. R.L. Stein, you should have hired me. I don't know. How about Goldar's Tomb? <laughs> Goldar. Um... <laughs> Uncle Ben Ready Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, it's me, oh. your sister. Hey, exposition. <laughs> <laughs> Perfection. Perfection. That's what I'd name this episode. Uh, Uncle of the Year. Emmy Award winning actress, uh, whatever her fucking name was. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This episode was an adaptation of a sequel. Right. Sorry to say, Cortland, the next episode is the same thing. What? No. <laughs> yes. The next episode <sighs> is Night of the Living Dummy 2. Are you sure... That is the name of the episode. Hold on. They, they need... didn't they didn't change it to one. I don't know why they didn't just call it Night of the Living Dummy, even if it was an adaptation of Night of the Living Dummy 2. Oh, fuck, you're right. It is Night of the Living Dummy 2. See, in this case, I kind of understand why they did this. Night of the Living Dummy 1, Slappy's not actually the, oh, the bad. Oh, spoilers? What? Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a dummy called, like, Mr. Wood or something that's the actual bad guy. But obviously you want Slappy in there. You don't want no fucking Mr. Wood. Right. So they went They went with Night of the Living Dummy 2. But I still think it's crazy to call the episode Night of the Living Dummy 2. Because anyone watching that would be like, oh, I missed, I missed one. So I'm sure you know what it's about. But take a look at the cover. Uh, so should I look at Night of the Living Dummy or Night of the Living Dummy 2 or both? 2. All right. Well, let me see. All right. So first of all. These colors are very, they kind of clash with each other, really. It's outrageous. There's, um, there's a wall in the background. It's got, uh, it's light green, dark green stripes. It's got flowers, flower prints on the light green. It's got this completely pink bed. All the wood on it is pink and the sheets. There are two stuffed animals on the bed. One's a bear, one's a rabbit. They're looking at the third thing on the bed, which is Slappy the dummy. And they look concerned. And Slappy, (laughs) his head is tilted like he's dead. And his mouth is open. Um, I don't hate this cover. The tagline, he's still walking, he's still stalking. That's cool. That's a good tagline. I like it a lot. Um, I think I'd like it more if I didn't, (laughs) if I knew context of the first one, but whatever. No, you don't get it. It's not the worst cover. It's not the best cover. That's that's what I'm going to say about it. I don't like the colors, and yeah, I always thought the perspective on this cover was off. It is. It's very weird. It's got two different planes of um, focus on it for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, it's like looking up at the dummy, kind of, but also not. I, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know. But what saves this cover for me is always the expression on the the stuffed animals' faces. <laughs> the the rabbit in particular looks very concerned. The yes. bear has looks like it has a pacifier in its mouth and it's just kind of like <laughs> existing, yeah. like a baby kind of thing. They're both great expressions. <laughs> It is very unsettling how this wood is the exact same color as like the sheet. Like like it's a little bit lighter, but the wood does not come in that color. I don't I don't know what they're thinking. Can I also look at the cover of the first one? Sure. All right. I just want to see I'll if it's better. It. <laughs> I have to say it is much better. 
I oh, like the cover on the first one much. The better. artwork is really good. And the tagline on the original one is "He walks, he stalks." So, so now you know. have the context for the the second one. He's still walking. He's still You're stalking. Like, ah, I get it. It all makes sense now. But overall, uh, first one's cover way better. Yeah. It's a good cover. So with that being said, I want to think that this is going to be an episode about a living dummy. It's going to be given to them, much like Chucky from Child's Play. Uh, the parents aren't going to believe him that the dummy's like, you know, replacing the soda pop in the fridge with urine. I don't know. Um, good Lord. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to think of something bad, but not something deadly. I don't know. And... um it's going to just do like these pranks around the house and then they're going to get like progressively more dangerous. And the parents are going to be like, Susie, why are you fucking doing this? And she's going to be like, it's not me. It's the dummy. And, um, it's going to be the dummy. Uh, he's going to come to life. He's going to be, uh, probably at night and, uh, they're going to throw him in the wood chipper. Even though I know that doesn't happen because there's like eight other living dummies. So and that doesn't stop anybody ever. That's true. That's true. Well, the dummy being evil sounds like a big stretch, but I don't know. We'll have to see. That's next week. I suppose you're right. Yes. I think that's it. We've that's covered we everything. Can. Everything this episode deserved. I, I kind of never want to talk about this episode again. <laughs> oh, it'll come up. This will be the misfortune cookie. <laughs> no. um, I'm sure, there's going to be worse. Yeah, there there will be. Well, I've been up all night. Yeah, me too. Like literally. Yeah. Well, I will talk to you next week, Cortland. Next week it is. Bye, everybody. Bye. It's my summoner.